Behold! RPGs and Baby Makes 3. RPGs and Baby Makes 3. Reimagined! Are you done looking stuff up yet? Well, I just wanted to have the definitions readily available. The definitions. We'll call that a tease for this episode of RPGs and Baby Makes 3. A tease for our topic. Gertrude, I'm going to tell you that... Okay, this is really probably a bad idea because you never want to set people's expectations high. Nobody's going to have any high expectations for us. But if you would, I would have high expectations today because I think this is going to be a really good episode. Okay. So... I just threw down the gauntlet. On I love here. your enthusiasm. Should we roll for initiative? I don't know. Should we? Let's roll for initiative. So we've been doing a lot of gaming. Kind yeah. of. Sort kind of. of. We've been doing relatively more gaming than we had been. We did have a stri- uh, little string there. Of- mm-hmm. But not peak gaming of all time ever. Yeah. So, let's talk about Old Gods of Appalachia first. Yeah. Because this is a new game. Well, it's a newer game. We've just recently played it. And our good buddy, Amanda Plagman, ran a game of Old Gods of Appalachia at Roll the Bones, a local game shop here in Savannah. What? Why are you chuckling? There's something here. Just, Just how I entered that day of playing... At Roll the Bones, which oh, was God, a charity yes, event. Yes, tell the story of what happened. Oh, God. So, it was a charity event to raise funds for uh, an animal rescue. Maybe it was like Renegade Paws, maybe, or One mm-hmm. Love. And we had just gotten lunch from your favorite place to eat. Chicken Salad Chick. Yeah. Uh-huh, because apparently I'm like an, a 45-year-old woman. Yeah. and you know their sodas i don't know why i had such a large soda but i I ordered us large sodas because we were going to this rpg event we would i thought we would be there for like three hours and like okay we've got a big soda we can sip on it the whole time do you see this can of bubbly black cherry sparkling water no because i'm only listening because do you think I'm actually going to finish this can? How many cans have you found around our house that are like half? If we half sat at felt? this table for three hours, you don't think you'd finish a 12-ounce can of, of drink? Okay, well, I finished two of them the other day when we were playing. <laughs> but I was also having a coughing fit like every two seconds. And you could have had a coughing fit at Old Gods of Appalachia. Well, instead I had a disaster. Yeah. So, you know, and part of it you could roll a die and depending on what you roll. Okay, let's set the scene. So you walk up (laughs) and they're doing this, you know, they got the... A table to greet you. Roll the Bones is awesome. In the front half of it is the store part. And then they have this huge area, actually really multiple areas for gaming. And in between the store... And the gaming area, they had set up a table on which were, like, a number of small prizes. Yeah. And where someone was taking... Donations. Donations. It was donation only, so you didn't have to. But you give a donation, and then if you did a donation, then you got to roll a die. And if you rolled a critical hit, you got to choose from a different 
prize category. So anyway, I go up there, roll, don't win, get to choose small prizes. No, I think the I small chose prize is like a sticker. Yeah, I think I took some stickers. It was some stickers or maybe some temporary a tattoos or something. Yeah. Yeah. It might have been a couple stickers. I don't think it was just <clears> one, but maybe I'm wrong. No, it was one. One sticker. One. I got a sticker. So then I do that, and then I just walk away because, like, I just rolled a die, and there's a bunch of cheap prizes on here. I'm just going to grab one real quick and move on to play my game. But that was not your decision. What happened, Gretch? Well, I mean, there were just so many different <laughs> ones. I had to decide, like, is this one I want for myself, or should I get one for Lincoln? And wait, we already have these stickers, so maybe I should... And I just kept flip-flopping. And mm -hmm. somehow, this... Somehow. Gigantic soda is crushed in my tiny little lady hand. And it explodes all over the table. All over all, all of over the, the prizes. All over the stickers. All over the everything. little mini cat toys. Everything. So that was awesome. So Gretchen established herself as the biggest dork at the dork event. Well, we're gonna have to talk about. We're gonna that. talk about that. But I will say, you know, I don't, I don't know that he is ever going to listen. But thank you, Brandon, for helping me clean it all up. Yeah, thanks, Brandon. And and Rob, thank you for warming your own chair. I have dealt with that S show for twenty four years. Yeah, you signed the contract, buddy. Brandon can step in one time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Brandon. Oh, I don't know who you are, but thank you. But anyway, then we went in and we, you know, after all that rigmarole, we ended up going in and we got to play Old Gods of Appalachia, run yeah. by Amanda. Oh, and by the way, not only did I help clean all of that up, but I did not take a sticker and made another donation for... Oh, my God. For making a mess. Wow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Old Gods of Appalachia. So it's based on a podcast. I don't know the podcast. I don't know what either. But apparently it's like a supernatural horror sort of podcast. Oh, um, story podcast. Yeah, you might enjoy it. I've heard good things about it, actually. I mean, um, I'm pretty sure I would enjoy it. So here's the description. Old Gods of Appalachia is an eldritch horror fiction podcast set in alternate, alternate Appalachia, a world where these mountains were never meant to be inhabited. I mean, so, that's kind of how they are, though. Really. Yeah, and it's... Sasquatch. Yeah, so there's, like, monsters and stuff. And we did an adventure. I played a character that was essentially, like, Indiana Jones ripoff, in a yeah, way. Yeah, we had, um, we had pre-gens. Yeah, because that's what you do when you have one-offs, for the most part. You have pre-gens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, I couldn't... I'm not... Look, I am not the greatest at coming up with character names. Mm -hmm. um, and so... I had an item that was a molasses taffy, so my character's name was Molasses Taffy. Yeah, that'll happen sometimes when you're playing one-offs. I thought what was interesting about the game was how you had this like target difficulty number, and that number would be pulled down based on the players making decisions about how they could give an advantage to whoever was acting. So like. You had the main player, and then that main player would, you know, whoever's doing the action, they would, like, declare an action. And then they would end up having some advantage, some ability, some sort of thing that they could use to help them be better at doing that action. And then what other players... What is the other game that uses that? 
where people can help. Yeah. I mean, lots of games use that. No, but one we've used, one, blah, 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 one we've played recently. Where everybody that is playing can add their advantages. Well, you can do that in Iron Sworn. Okay, maybe that's what it was. You can do it in Iron Sworn, where you like help each other. Okay, all right, that's what. I'm thinking. And yeah, so you give them that kind of thing. Um, but I liked that because every action that happened at the table, no matter who was doing it, had an opportunity for every player to impact that action. And I thought that was kind of cool because you never felt like, or at least for me, I never felt like my character wasn't a part of a scene, even if my character wasn't the feature of a scene, because I could like. Even if it was just, I distract somebody, you know, like you can do that and you're helping and yeah. you're playing together, you know? Yeah. And you're trying to solve a supernatural <laughs> mystery. And I like things that are based in Appalachia. Yeah. And Amanda's really, you and Amanda both, you had the Southern accent. You went to your, to your my, classic. My old Appalachian roots, you yeah. mean? Yeah. You yeah. went back to your Appalachian roots. Back to good old Shiflet's Hollow. I don't. Think I don't know if Amanda has those roots, but she always gets that that snarky, strong, like Appalachian kind of character is like one of her sort of tropes, I guess you might say, in the games that she runs. Yeah, yeah. You know, so but it was fun. It was really fun to go and try it out and like try out a new game and everything like that, a new indie game. I hope molasses didn't piss off Meemaw. That's right. I mean, we had a and little. Gammy. We had a good little little interaction there. I think what helped was it was Gretchen and myself, and then Pete Russo, who Pete is somebody who plays in my Temple of Elemental Evil game, and we've played a lot together. And then Howard, who we've had on this podcast before to talk about note taking and a library D and D program Activity. that he was running for yeah. a little while and so the four of us who were acting as players plus the gm we all knew each other it was open to everybody though yeah and then amanda ended up running a cthulhu game then later. there was that dude who just kept standing over us staring down at us that well, made me he uncomfortable was just, well, he's just curious nerds dude nerds don't know or dorks uh, well i mean that's the thing is like it or was, geeks i kind of feel like if someone wants to listen in on something like just pull up a chair like, no, but they don't know how to do that. Nerds don't nobody know. likes anybody standing over their shoulder. Social cues, dude. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. Yeah. We've got a main topic. But anyway, uh, we also played Old School Essentials. We've been playing some Pirates game. Yeah, that's been fun. So I've been rolling, running Old School Essentials. So much easier it's than basically, 2E. It's basic, it's basic and expert D&D. So it's like the simplest version of D&D. &D. So much easier. We're playing a pirate-themed game and uh so we've played twice i think since the last time that we did a podcast and we use a little bit of battle maps and minis which was an interesting experience for me but it's a total beer and pretzels game and we brought in justin goldberg our friend yeah our our son's someone who his kids go to the same Play school, our, our kid does. Uh -huh. And you're probably like, well, who cares about this guy? It was the very first time he'd ever played a role-playing game, D&D. Mm -hmm. &D, and he did an excellent job. He did. He was he did a great job. He played like a pirate cook who was also kind of a tough. 
So he was able to kind of like be tough, but then also be a cook. And it was, he did a good job. You Which know? fits really well with my character, because my character is food obsessed. Yeah, well, you're a bird. Yeah, I'm a seagull. Yeah, a seagull. That is that yeah. is a very particular brand of food obsessed. As I've mentioned many times, a seagull ate a sandwich out of my sister's hand when we were at the beach one time. Yeah. Swooped down and grabbed it literally out of her hand and ate it. That's amazing. I'd like to see someone draw My that. sandwich! That's yeah. what she said. How old was she at the time? Eight, nine years old, oh, maybe. Oh, God, that's so cute. Yeah. Those, there were so many. We were in uh, at the beach in New Jersey, and there were so many seagulls. It was crazy how many seagulls there were. Like it was, it they were. It was the birds. I mean, it felt like it was so many birds out on the beach. Um, but yeah, we've been playing that. I think it's been fun. It's kind of like this, this. Um, I don't know. Like, it's a game that has a little bit of I think long term campaign staying power. And yet, it's also not very serious. Mm. Isn't that kind of interesting? Because, like, it does feel like it's a real campaign that will go for a while, but it doesn't feel like... Like, nobody's being, like, overly intense about it. Like, everybody's playing for real, and we're trying, and we're having fun with the character interactions, but... I don't know. But, anyway. Um, let's get to our main topic, though. We've yeah. done some gaming, we've done some life. Let's get to our main topic. Jibber, jabber, jibber, jabber. Which I think... You I also are. want to say, you know, because we got it sitting in front of us, we've been playing a little bit of Patchwork. Yeah, board games. Um, we've been, so Patchwork is by Uwe Rosenberg. He's sort of a famous German game designer, and it is a lot of fun. Two players only. Fairly short. It's got strategy, though, and some intricacy to it in terms of, like, making it. Mm -hmm. But not so much that you can't have a conversation. Like, you yeah. and I can play... And just be a couple also. Yeah. yeah. Which I really like. And so I've beaten you the two times we played it, so that's that's Oh bonus. god, you're keeping track, huh? Now I really gotta <laughs> win. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, let's play some of my games. Let's break out some hero quest. See what happens. Oh yeah. Alright, nice. let, let's get into our main topic. It's a good one. It might be tempting to pronounce that word huzzah, hip hip huzzah. But in fact, we think that most people in the seventeen hundreds said huzzah. All right, Gretch, you introduce our main topic this time because it is it is your brainchild. My brain is a very sad, empty place these days. So, But your my... brain had a child, and this is it. And I'm just perpetuating the brainless child thing of whatever. I don't know. Okay, so are we gaming nerds, gaming geeks, gaming dorks? Nerds, geeks, or dorks? Yeah. So the definitions for two of those are surprisingly close. Well, give us those definitions, Gresh. Let's start here. We're, we're, we, on RPGs and Baby Makes 3, by the way, you should like and subscribe. On RPGs and Baby Makes 3, we do everything by the most scientific method possible. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, nerd. Nerd, the definition is, and this is from... I don't know, Google? Probably, a, yeah, it's Google or something, right? Oxford Language Dictionary. Oh, that, sounds, that sounds like a big deal. Okay. Let's do it. So, nerd, a person who is extremely enthusiastic and knowledgeable about a particular subject, especially one of specialists or niche interests. The executive is an unabashed film nerd. That's how you would use that. Okay, then the other one that's incredibly close geek. geek 
Okay. A person who is knowledgeable about and obsessively interested in a particular subject, especially one that is technical or specialist or niche interest, a computer geek. Okay. And, and the then last dork. one is dork. <laughs> a contemptible, socially inept person. They're all dressed like complete dorks. Wow. The last one sounds... You don't want to be a dork. We call each other dork a lot, though. You, Yeah, but the thing is, is I think there's a lot of gamers out there that are in some ways socially inept. Guys standing over us, watching us while we're trying to play over your shoulders. Do we need to come up with a new word? A schmork. A, <laughs> a gaming nerk. So what would you classify yourself out of out of nerd, dork, and geek? Because I've got a classification for well, myself. Well, see, the important thing is here is they've underlined enthusiastic or obsessive. So I think I would be more enthusiastic, not obsessive about it. Mm -hmm. I've got way too much stuff on my Thanksgiving plate to be obsessive about anything mm -hmm. except our child in my business. So you're more of a nerd. I kind of feel like I might be a geek when it comes to, like, second edition and stuff because I know all the math and all that kind of stuff, like mm -hmm. the back of my hands, you know? And it's a little, I guess, maybe a more obsessive, I think, with some of this stuff. I'm less so, though. I would say I'm more nerdy about role-playing as a hobby in general because I have a difficult time remembering, like, you know, I'll see people have these dialogues online, and there are some of it that's just like, let's pretend, let's show everybody how smart I am in the comments. But there is this um, class of gamers that just are talking about gaming in a technical way that I simply just don't, I don't understand it, but I also don't even care to understand it, you know, or even talk like that. I talk like a normal person. Or I like to as much as I can, you know? Like, no matter what topic I'm talking about. I, I want speak it to be, normal. Well, I want it to be understandable and relatable rather than, like, technical jargon that nobody can understand. And that's part of what makes you a good journalist. Well, I'm not a good journalist, Gretchen. I'm <coughs> a great journalist. You're the 23rd best art critic. According to Jerry Saltz. <coughs> yes, kind of a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think I fall, fall into the nerd... But you're right, though. That's interesting. You could now that we have those definitions. I mean, I th I sort of feel like the definitions for those things have changed because I I feel like it used to be well. I mean, I guess they say it in the definition for geek where you're or nerd. Yeah, geek where they talked about computer geek, like a specifically like something very technical or specialized or something along those lines. And I feel like old school gaming was really oriented towards that with like math and numbers a lot of the time and then the more new school stuff has gotten rid of a lot of that stuff and probably means more creative perhaps yeah so it's more nerdy than it is geeky i think the newer really? stuff like you said like you're not obsessive you know what i mean passionate or whatever it's a passionate versus obsessive Enthusiastic, enthusiastic versus, versus obsessive. obsessive, right? So I think that that's kind of like almost there. There can almost be a bit of a dividing line between like that old school feel versus the new school feel. Although the truly old school games, like we've been playing Old School Essentials, which is based on like the basic edition, that's as simple as it gets. That's a much simpler version oh, so of D and D. Oh, so simple! Oh my god, it's so much better for me. <sighs> yeah. 
I'm yeah. just not a mather. You're not a big math person. No. Not a mather. All right, well, do you have anything else you want to say about this topic that you were so enthusiastically excited about? You were so, you were nerding out on this topic before we started this podcast. Well, I think that there is, like, a hybrid about it. Because if, if dork is part of the socially inept, and, you know, we could even throw in contemptible because there is a class of gatekeepers within the gaming community. We talked about that a bit, yeah. Who are contemptible. Like, they're dicks. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, I guess that there are you can be you can be many of these things. There, being a gamer can have layers, like a chocolate parfait, which is not a cake. It had cake in it, Rob. It's still not cake. It wasn't very good. It was middling. It was disappointment cake. It was a little bit disappointing. <sighs> Let's get to the final segment here. Let's close this off. I possess an economicon. I've crushed a pathetic army. Now I'll have my vengeance. Buckle up, bonehead, because you're going for a ride. have you been reading Gretch? So I started a really interesting one. Um, I'm, I'm pretty, I, I've, been, I've been enjoying it, um, called The Silent Patient. And it's about uh, a woman who was in a great relationship. She was a painter. Her husband was a famous photographer. And one day she shoots him in the face multiple times and then goes into like uh she just stops speaking and they have her in the hospital under super medication because she kept trying to commit suicide and so now it is from the therapist's point of view of trying to unravel what happened wow that sounds fascinating yeah yeah i really like it so far wow i don't know if i can handle that but it sounds really fascinating yeah that's interesting. I just finished up. Who's the Who's the author of that book? Actually, let's put that out there since you're kind of in the mood. Let's in the see here. Uh, Alex. Is it Alex. <laughs> God, come back. <laughs> the first name is definitely Al. <laughs> the first name. Gretchen's trying to put it up on the uh, on her phone, and it just keeps on blinking away. For you can't see the bottom. Alex Michelides. 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 Michaelides. But it could also be Alex. Alex Michaelides. Because we know an Alex. All right, so it's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-I-D-E-S is the last name. Yeah, and look at that. 280,950 reviews, 4.4 stars. On what? I don't know, Amazon? On something? Is that yeah. Goodreads? Maybe? I don't know. Who knows? Kindle? Well, Amazon reviews. Yeah. God, but yeah, it's like, I don't know. Apparently, you know, because I look through some of the reviews, but I stop when it says spoilers. Apparently, there is some huge twist that people are like, oh my God. Oh, maybe I should read this book. I kind of want to read it. You kind of <laughs> got me in the mood. I'm super excited. Like, what is the twist? I, I'm actually reading a couple. Reading? Yeah, so I um, I finished up the... Joe Abercrombie, The Trouble with Grim Peace. Dark. Yeah, Grimdark. The Trouble Grim with Dark, Peace. Man. 
which is the second book in the Age of Madness trilogy, which is part of his big super series. And it had some really excellent moments. It finished really well, but it was overall a bit of a disappointment. To oh, me. dang. Okay. Most of the book was spent... There's a bunch of the books spent leading to an inevitable confrontation, okay. which is predictable from really early on in the book. And then there's like all of this kind of time spent like building towards it and I almost expected with Joe Abercrombie that maybe that there would be some outcome that would be unexpected but it maybe that was the twist it really came out kind of mostly as expected okay and then there was the big battle and it was like so so many pages of this battle description battles and he's an excellent writer battle writer I mean it's so great but at the same time it's all a little bit of like like, been there, done that with him. So it feels like you're kind of just reading... It's really well written, but it's, like, ten books into the series. Like, kind of gone through this many times before, and some of the themes are, you know, really incredibly similar. Okay. Um, so it's a little bit disappointing. It was a little bit disappointing in that. And then it ended really well. Um, so we'll see what happens, but... You know, it's... So I just recently read, both by the same author, there's some discussion on which series has a better battle in it. So first is um, Throne of Glass series, and then the other is A Court of Thorns and Roses. And Mm -hmm. so A Court of Thorns and Roses, big battle, whatever, it was very kind of abrupt in a lot of ways. It it didn't last, but in uh, Throne of Glass, the battle lasted forever, and people were dying, and there's desperation, and you know strategies, and you know, and it, you could feel like just it was exhausting reading this battle, and then seeing it, you know, of course, in the end, like you'd hope your character comes out on top, and it is just hair raising like who's mm-hmm. who are we losing what's gonna happen and um so yeah and that's a series i think by sarah j mass i believe okay um, yeah but yeah i think throne of glass has the air of ash and fire the last ser- the last book of the series i mean the the battle in it is just gruesome and long and oh my god yeah i mean joe abercrombie is incredible with his his battles in fact he in one of his stories in one of his books he has this i think it was david's david fincher his first movie was this movie called slacker have you ever heard of this movie before yeah. and so the premise of this movie is like there's a character <clears throat> who runs into another character on street and they have a conversation and then you follow that other character and then another character runs into another character and then you follow the character they ran into, and you go from person to person to person through the whole movie, following one character, and then it ends up all the way, all the way at the end, back to the original person. Mm. And Joe Abercrombie wrote this one battle scene in one of his other books where he did that sort of technique, mm-hmm. where it was like going from one to the next, to the next, to the next, and it was really fascinating. It was really well done. He's done incredible battle scenes. This scene, this whole thing was not badly done. It was well done. It's just that it was like, 
each of his books like 600 pages long and we're on book 10 at 6,000 pages. How many pages have been devoted to battle scenes? You know, like a lot, <laughs> yeah. a lot of them. Um, but I'm also reading, I started reading this, <laughs> so I, it's a young adult, so I don't know if this is good or not. I'm not actually sure if this book is good, but it's by Cassandra Rose Clark. It's The Assassin's Curse. It's a two book, like it's a duology, so it's like two books, just one, you know, two books. And um, it's young adult. It essentially focuses on one character who is like the daughter of some major pirate lord who wants to escape and arrange marriage. And that's kind of where it kicks off from. And there is some weird other things that happen. Like there's this assassin that's going after her. And the assassin has like the shadowy blood magic kind of thing. And there's all this stuff. I'm about a, I don't know, I'm probably halfway through the first of the two books. It's very young though. So it's like, it's, she's a pirate it's sort of got piratey feel in terms of it's written in a first person perspective. So it's from her, the, the character's perspective and, and her name is Anana, but the way they, she interacts and the way the characters act is so, feels so young to me in a lot of ways, like the way they talk the simplicity of certain things, you know, like it has that 12 year old logic, mm. you know, like, a, you know what I mean? Like in a way it's not bad. I, and there's certain parts of it that I really have liked that have like, I don't know, just stuck out to me. Like, I'm like, Oh, I'm really enjoying this. And I'm like, I am reading a lot. Like I'm reading it pretty quickly. You know, I'm already halfway through the first book and, um, so it's been interesting, but it's like, you know, again, I wanted to read something sort of piratey, and I looked up books about pirates, and it was like, this was one that wasn't like a huge history, it was its own mythology, mm. and and all that stuff, so, um, but been pretty interesting. I mean, I, I'm kind of slowed down on reading this year in terms of reading books, although I'm going to end up hitting 40 books on the end of the year, by the end of the year, but it's just a different... I've been reading, like, RPG supplements and stuff like that a yeah. little bit more. So we're getting to the end of the year here. Do you think we'll do another podcast before the year is done? Well, I mean, we do have those two weeks where Lincoln is going to be in in a camp and we're going to be taking off of work, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. So maybe. Do you feel bad about that at all? No, because if there are days that we want to have them, we've already talked about yeah, not taking them. them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we lose the money for the day, but I mean, the thing is, is like, there's a lot we need to get done and a lot we just want to do. I'm not going to spend that whole time doing tasks, though. You know, a lot getting, there is stuff that needs to get done, but Lord almighty, I need some time off. Should we get out of here? Should we be done? I guess we should be done. All right. Well, I don't know if that lived up to the hype that I established early on. No, I didn't. You should still like and subscribe if you listen to this podcast. We appreciate it if you do. Good job, Rob. Thanks. Thanks, Gretchen, for another wonderful podcast. You're welcome. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Take care, y'all.